Hey guys, welcome back to It's a Guy Thing podcast. Today, my guest is Taylor Marie, a speech pathologist who lives in Australia and just so happens to be the first friend I met in Japan. We, the first time I came to Japan, I went on a student exchange and we were in the same exchange program, I guess, or we were in the same program that put us in the same um, orientation. I don't know how it works, but. We ended up going to orientation in Tokyo together, and we've been friends ever since.、Um, so, we're gonna look back on our first time in Japan and what it's like being an exchange student. So, hope you guys enjoy. Taylor, you're here on the podcast. Taylor and Tyler. I know, the magic duo. <laughs> How are you doing? Good, good. You know, I've been, I've been keeping up to date, well, somewhat with, with your podcast. Like,、Aww. I definitely listen to, I think I've listened to about like four, four or so. so. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> And no, no, it's good. It was, it was really good because、um, I was having to drive like an hour. Oh, yeah. Like, I had to add a long commute. So,、mm-hmm. and sometimes, like, my, my regular podcast, would, there would be nothing out. And I was like,、oh, that's right. I'll pop one of Tyler's on. I got you. I got you back. I'm the yeah, backup. I'm the backup podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, thank you so much. That, that, that means so, so much to me. It, it really is interesting hearing people's stories. Like, oh, I was listening to your podcast today. It's like all these different people throughout my life.、Um, Just spread out across the planet, all on these like car rides, like listening to me talking. It's like, this is such a weird thing. Like, I'm sure a lot of people in my life don't know who you are. And they're like, wait, Tyler has like friends in Australia? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Tyler's so much cooler than I thought. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm thinking. No, no. no it's no, genuinely but... really interesting. So I, I enjoy it. Yeah. It's been, it's been a really fun journey. I'm still having a lot of fun with it. I've、uh, been learning so much about that. There's so many ins and outs of it. Like、uh, being one guy that's doing like the editing, the recording, the、uh, kind of like the middleman, like getting guests and then dealing with audio problems. And whew. <laughs> yeah, one man show. Yeah. It'd be fun to have like a team of people. It's like a huge learning curve, though. Yeah, no, definitely for sure. It's, I've had to do a lot of research. <laughs> yeah, I think you just gotta, just gotta go for it. Would you ever do a podcast? I don't know. I think it's, it's a bit trendy to do a podcast right now. I feel like <laughs> I've been seeing a lot of people start them. Like, I'll be scrolling TikTok and I'll hear、mm. like、another, like a new Australian talk, tic,、um, podcast. Sorry. And、Mm-mm. they're like, they're, Pretty interesting, but I haven't exactly delved into it. I feel like the, the market might be getting too saturated. Yeah, so I true. I don't really have that much to add. Yeah. And you've got to sort of feel like most of them have like a duo, like you need someone to bounce off.、So、I definitely don't have that, but、uh, yeah, it looks interesting for sure. People say、mm-hmm. there's good money in it, but. 
I haven't made a dime. <laughs> I reckon if you had a um, following to start off with, like a lot of people go from YouTube to podcasting, right? So- yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, when you have an audience in place, then for sure. I mean, my audience is pretty slow, uh, pretty, pretty small, but I mean, for now, um, not really growing It's staying a little bit like consistent, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's only like, uh, like my uh, looking at my analytics, the average, uh, it's like the estimated audience size is like 20 people. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like a lot of people, but for right now, I mean, I'm not trying to grow it. I'm just trying to learn like how to do it so that once it yeah. gets good, like visually, audibly, audibly, <laughs> sorry, I can't say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, then I want to like try like market it, grow it, maybe reach out to like bigger guests that can like mm. give it to their audience. But yeah, for now, just, just kind of learning and, and, but mostly just having fun, like between like school and work, the podcast is just the one kind of art um, outlook that I have that I can just really give myself to. And it's just been, I've just been having fun so far. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So Taylor, tell us a little bit, a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I'm 24. I live in Australia in mm-hmm. Brisbane. Um, I'm a speech pathologist mm-hmm. and I went to Japan um, for a 10 month exchange program. So that's how we met. Yeah. So for people back home, Taylor and I met in 2014, mm-hmm. March, 2014, a long time ago, little high schoolers. <laughs> I know. On a big journey to a foreign land. I know. Crazy. crazy. Yeah. I know. The the 10 months, like, it sounds kind of daunting to people, but it honestly flew by. And mm-hmm. those three days when we met in orientation at the very beginning, yeah. it flew by really quickly. But oh, I'm glad that we formed a, a good um, base for friendship to continue talking to each other even what like six seven years later yeah yeah it's been it's been interesting like we we've only met with each other like four days in person i think it's pretty whack right but we've we've kept in contact this whole time i know pretty pretty unreal Mm -hmm. yeah i think it just shows uh how good technology is for that yeah yeah yeah, our, our friendship would be impossible without it. Mm. I just remember absolutely obsessing over, um, I don't remember what app it was, but you like sent voice memos. To oh, yeah. Back uh, and forth. Uh, Voxer? Voxer. Yeah. 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 I know. I actually download, re-downloaded that app only mm. like oh, maybe three three, four years ago. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I was able to listen to like a couple of the ones that hadn't like deleted. No way. <laughs> and it was such a, like a blast from the past. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was just absolutely obsessed with your accent. I was like, Oh my God, it's so <laughs> cool. Having like, having not really met anyone from 
mm-hmm. or talk in debt with anyone from a foreign country before. So. I mean, likewise, I had never had Australian friends growing up. Um, so just being friends with, I mean, when I met you in orientation, it was like, wow, this is unreal. Because there was multiple yeah. Australians. But that's something I never like, thought about when I originally applied for exchange was the fact that I'd get to meet um, not just people from Japan, but people from America, Canada, like mm-hmm. Brazil and <laughs> everywhere, like the Netherlands, all that kind of stuff. I mm-hmm. honestly had not even come into my mind that I would actually meet people from those countries, but that was like one of the best parts, honestly. <laughs> mm. In your uh, degree to become a speech pathologist, did you like study accents at all? We had like one specific workshop on it because mm. it's one of those a little bit contested fields where people go, should you be changing people's accents and mm. you know, kind of like that. So we did a little bit of work on it, but I feel like unless you, you work in the field, you wouldn't exactly focus on it too much. Yeah, that's true. But I'm sure that would be the main focus if you lived in Japan or something like that. Yeah, it's kind of like a niche specialty. Mm. But I was like, mm, I wonder, I reckon if um, Taylor has like taken accent courses and now can do like a better Canadian accent than I can. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> She's like the no. master patholo- speech pathologist. <laughs> no, I have not studied uh, <laughs> other accents in that, in that regard. Mm. Do you... My accent would be terrible. Mm. What do you What do you remember of your emotions being in Tokyo for those three days we were in orientation together? I was just so unbelievably happy. Um, mm. I remember I took this. I had my my camera. Like it was, I think it was a new camera or something that my parents had bought me, and I was taking lots of video clips. And there's like there's this video clip where I do. You know what it's called when you like. You spin around uh, a panorama. And you, yeah, but I was like spinning around a circle and holding the camera, and mm-hmm. my face is just like smiling and going. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, it's like a selfie view, and it's like you. Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, <laughs> like it's cringe now, but mm. I think I'm I'm happy I took that because I think it encapsulates the emotions that I was feeling. Because mm. uh, it was just literally a dream come true. Yeah, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Had you like, for me, like, honestly, the same thing. Like when I, when I look back on uh, photos I took during that time, had my little iPod touch, the first like device I ever had. (laughs) And I took, I took pictures of everything. I do remember you having the phone out, like, and just like on the train, like taking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like on on my uh, hard drive, it's like all photos of like advertisements, vending machines, like. Well, that was so crazy to us. Yeah, exactly. Never been exposed to that before. Mm -hmm. Like little babies coming out of the womb and being like, "Oh my god, yeah, like what's that? That's so cool." No, totally. That's exactly what happens, and yeah, I, I, I mean, that was like the happiest three days of my entire life like 
I remember it's definitely up there yeah I've talked it up so highly I remember there was one time I was talking with my dad like years after I was like man that was the best time of my life my dad was like you always I think he just got fed up he was like you always say that like what happened during those three days like what was so good like did you like did you like kiss a girl for the first time or something you was like (laughs) I was like that's amazing oh I mean it was just this young kid from a small town going like to the place where he always dreamed of going and then yeah yeah that's yeah no you're right I'm glad that you feel the same way because I definitely was like very heightened emotions yeah yeah I mean cloud nine that's just kind of encapsulates Mm -hmm. it yeah definitely leading up to it like how long did you want to go to Japan for like was it since childhood were you like I want to go to Japan or more like high school influence yeah I I honestly can't remember not liking Japan Mm. um in my primary school we learned Japanese but I mean what in primary school yeah but it wasn't it really wasn't learning Japanese um you know Mm. it was your classic I'm not exactly sure how proficient the Japanese teacher was Mm -hmm. um it mostly revolved around culture and if we did do any Japanese it would be all written out in like the English characters Hmm. Uh, so but I just thought it sounded so cool like I was obsessed with how the language sounded and it just Mm -hmm. sounded really really cool to me when someone was speaking it so you had influence in primary school yeah yeah is that because, like, um, maybe in the education some... system, they needed some sort of, like, language requirement? Yeah, and... yeah I think so, hmm. yeah. I'm not exactly sure, like, what the requirements were, but I think you have to do some kind of foreign language at some point in primary school. Yeah. Is uh, uh, so... Japanese common to fulfill that requirement in Australia? Because I guess Australia and Japan mm-hmm. are kind of close, so... Yeah, it yeah. makes more so sense. I would say like the most popular languages to learn over in Australia are um, like German's quite popular, mm-hmm. uh, Spanish, Japanese, uh, and French. I would say probably all of those are the most popular wow. ones that I hear about the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're right. I'm pretty sure it's just the proximity and. And I think, I'm not sure if there are, like, I don't know about the percentage of Japanese people living in Australia, but Mm -hmm. because it's close, I assume that might be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was definitely, um, I was definitely surprised when I was thinking back about, like, where did it come from? I just couldn't remember Mm -hmm. not liking Japan, so... I always really, really liked it. But then um, in high school, like I can, I continued doing uh, Japanese. Mm. Yeah. And no, I remember you had to do, you had to do like a term, like a semester of Japanese and a semester of Spanish. And I absolutely hate oh, man. because I was like, why am I even learning Spanish? All I want to learn is Japanese. Mm. I was just, I was just full in on mm-hmm. learning Japanese. I yeah. was terrible at it. Mm-hmm. possibly the worst one in the class but i have a passion <laughs> for it so yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's the main thing right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you have like it did you 
have any other influence of Japanese besides uh, like earlier in childhood? Like, did you grow up watching anime or anything um, like besides your language class that you had? Oh, I was, I loved Sailor Moon. I, that's mm. the first thing I can remember watching that was, I don't know if I knew that it was Japanese, but mm -hmm. after a little while, I, I think I realized uh, and I just loved, you know, it was so cute. Yeah, yeah. Was like I was obsessed with the oh my god, someone is so cute, so lovely. Um, and like I still, I still have like a soft heart for any Sailor Moon stuff mm. this day. Yeah, there's a nostalgia. Yeah, but other than that, I did watch a few like Studio Ghibli movies, but I mostly got exposed to that in Japanese class. Hmm. Hmm. How many years of Japanese did you take in in high school? Uh, well, I took it like in grade in grade seven because we um, we started high school in grade seven. It was like a middle school, but it's a high school basically. Hmm. Um, from grade seven to grade twelve. But when I say that, it sounds like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it really wasn't because mm -hmm. every single year there'd be like new students. Yeah, yeah. And so we would just start from scratch again and again. Yeah, yeah. Hiragana katakana again and again and again. Yeah, yeah. And I just felt like I never got anywhere until grade 11 and 12 is when I feel like I actually started learning. learning. Mm -hmm. Because then you got to, you know, choose the subjects you wanted to. And there was less people in the class. Obviously, the people there were more dedicated. Mm -hmm. No, I totally understand, like, the incompetence of the education system of, like, yeah. Um, I mean, Canada is the same with French. I took years and years of French and I hated it. And most of my classmates did. And mm. I mean, everyone was just so bad. I mean, the only the only kids I remember that were good at um, French, like went to full on French immersion schools, and they yep. did their education in French. And I mean, it's the only way to do it. Immersion is key. Yeah. And, but and it's interesting that you say like Japan is one of like the top three, like learned languages in Australia, because back home it's like i mean way down the list like people are more way more interested in learning spanish french other european languages it's pretty rare that you find people studying um and especially in the um like primary education like in high in public school like middle school high school it's very rare that you find um japanese classes oh yeah and especially my school um very like a really small private school so i mean yeah french was the only language offered did you so it sounds like your school offered spanish japanese did yeah, it have it. they were they hmm. were really heavy like my, the high school i went to also had primary school and from primary school they started learning spanish so there was a lot more kids that were interested in learning spanish and i think mm -hmm. a lot of like because it has the influence influence of like english words are very yeah, similar. Yeah. a lot mm -hmm. of people are more drawn to that because they think it's easy mm -hmm. i don't know if it's any easier than japanese but <laughs> uh yeah they only had the two but a lot of other schools would just have like one you know a lot of yeah a lot of places i my friends went to was german or french that kind of thing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Hmm. So you went on the exchange after you graduated high school, right? Yeah, and um, it was an absolute ordeal to get there because um, I remember my uh, my Japanese teacher mm-hmm. saw how passionate I was, and she was like, "Oh, you should you should go on exchange or something." Oh, so she reached out to you privately. Yeah, she uh, just in class. She just told me, "Oh, did you know there's exchange?" stuff that you could you could look at doing and i was like oh i'd never thought of that mm, that's so, so cool. you know went online <laughs> and found a i think it was like a summer holiday like very short maybe two three week uh exchange and i was like yep i want to do that that sounds amazing mm. and i like apply you have to do an interview and all that kind of stuff and uh, I didn't get it because mm. you can imagine how many people are applying for a short <laughs> exchange. Mm. And I was absolutely devastated. Like, uh, yeah. I remember I remember pulling up the email where it said, uh, you're rejected in class. And I just started crying. No. Because <laughs> I was so hyped <laughs> out. You know, you just, you just hype mm. yourself up about this stuff. Yeah, totally. No. So, but I was, I wasn't broken down. I was like, I'm going to do, I'm going to figure out the next thing. Um, and I saw that they had, you know, six months, like three, six months, 10 month exchanges. Mm-hmm. And I, I spoke to my parents about it and they were like, no, no, really, Japan is a phase. And I was like, what? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, how is this a phase? What do you mean? Mm. And so I had it like, you know, an absolute meltdown and, you know, kicking and screaming, slamming the doors, like just yeah just being silly (laughs) the way that i got them uh to agree to let me apply for the exchange was i had to write them an essay on why i wanted to go to japan and the career opportunities it would provide me you wrote an essay to your parents i wrote an essay yep that was the only way they were gonna let me wow yeah I mean, it worked. So it sounds like your parents are like a, like professors or something, <laughs> like making their kids write <laughs> no. essays. <laughs> no, um, I think that my parents were. Um, I think they just have the best interests of their kids at heart, really. Mm-hmm. And my parents, or no one they knew, had ever gone on exchange. So mm-hmm. it probably sounds like a very weird thing to do, but I sort of said. I want to be a Japanese teacher and this is going to help me and da 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 da. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so they were like, okay, if it's for your education, then I guess that's okay. Mm. Uh, yeah, so I um, went along to like information night and then ended up applying. I, got, I They told us at the information night to do a, a scholarship. Mm-hmm. Um, just to try out for it because it helps with getting your application through. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually I put in two uh, scholarship avenues. Like I took, you could take a, a video. Mm-hmm. So I did like a stop motion video on why I wanted to go to Japan. Oh, do you still have that? It's very cute. Yeah, I do. It's very cute. No way. Okay, <laughs> I want to watch it after. <laughs> uh, I have to find it. I don't know. Okay, okay. No pressure. I will no pressure. try. <laughs> Yeah, I will try and find it and send it to you, but it's mm-hmm. very cute. And then uh, I wrote an essay about why I wanted to go to Japan as well. So 
the essay once and maybe I'm really good at writing essays. Yeah, maybe were you able to like um, copy and paste your essay to your parents? <laughs> Just <laughs> send it to the scholarship? Uh, I don't remember what I did now, but <laughs> I'm sure I had some really great reasons. I remember researching for it and stuff. Okay. Yeah. So did you originally want to do, like it's not, you said that there was like a three months, six months, 10 months. Did you really want to do 10 months originally? That's a great question. I really don't remember. Hmm. I think I was probably looking at the six or 10 month option. And maybe when I went to the information night, they gave us a bit of an idea because I know they had a speaker. They had someone who had gone to another country. Like it wasn't necessarily Japan. It was just someone who'd gone on the exchange before. Mm-hmm. and uh they i think they were talking about how they did 10 months and like how their progression of japanese oh no oh, sorry of how their progression in their the language that they were mm-hmm. learning really took off after the six month mark mm-hmm. and so i was thinking mm, that would obviously my point is that i want to learn japanese so mm-hmm. it'd be good to spend that extra time there but i actually just remembered yeah i wasn't i originally like looked at a few different companies Mm -hmm. and one of the companies I went to the information night and uh, they were saying that you just like list your top five countries that you'd want to go to, but they could just send you to any any of any at all. And I was like, was that, uh, (laughs) was that rotary? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. That sounds like the rotary exchange. Yeah. But I went with um, scenes. I think it's student mm-hmm. student exchange student exchange Australia New Zealand or something like that. Mm. Yeah, because they said you're guaranteed your country, and I was like, that's what I want. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really important to me. Mm-hmm. So from the time, I mean, you graduate, um, and all your friends are going to university and stuff. Did you feel like awkward, like? <laughs> I'm going to go to like Japan. All my friends are going to uni. Like, Yeah. I was just really excited about going. Mm. I cause because what I did was I graduated grade 12 mm-hmm. and I had got myself an OP, which is the, the number that like lets you into university. So mm-hmm. I had gotten the OP that I wanted, like it was fine. Mm-hmm. So I applied for universities and I got, like my top choice. So mm. I accepted it and then uh, deferred it for a year. So mm. I was in uni, but I wasn't studying till mm. the following year. So I didn't feel like I was missing out because I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, uni's waiting for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's kind of like a nice little peace of mind. Yeah, it definitely was. It was nice, especially when I was in Japan and at school knowing none of this matters. you're like i'm i'm set i'm totally set because i know Mm -hmm. there were some girls at my um because my high school hosted quite a few exchange students so Mm -hmm. i know that a couple of the girls that were there at the same time as me uh their grades actually mattered (laughs) yeah (laughs) high school certificates so they were stressed out about it Uh that's the pressure that i did not need and also my language abilities were so poor. There was no way I was getting anything yeah, yeah. <laughs> remotely like a past. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was fine. Honestly, my friends, 
I was more just like I was more worried about losing friendships and uh, yeah, family, yeah, the social aspect, yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. And then boom, you're accepted with your program. You go to Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, what's like the most memorable part of orientation for you? Oh. I feel like <laughs> it was definitely that night that Melanie was like lying on the floor or there was like, there was a photo of us that you took, pretty sure you took or someone took and mm-hmm. we were all sitting on the couches and it's like a panorama of us all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think it was just the most fun I'd had because we would, we like went out walking in the middle of the night, middle of the night, just going to vending machine <laughs> and talking to random people, and I'm pretty sure we were not allowed to do either of those things. Mm. But uh, that was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I don't think our um, chaperones or supervisors they didn't they didn't stay they didn't stay with us. Yeah. No, so we were sort of left to our own devices, which was mm-hmm. the best thing ever because, like, that program was so strict. So it was really mm-hmm. good to have some fun. Yeah. And I know that that kind of – maybe that sounds silly as the most memorable moment because we went to shrines and we, <laughs> and we went <laughs> and went out into this – into the um, Tokyo areas. But mm-hmm. it's kind of a – common occurrence with me is everything that I love about Japan is not like the tour is not the touristy attractions it's more the people mm. the food and speaking the language all the people I've met along the way yeah those sort of things yeah no that's good insight yeah we stayed at the National yeah. Olympic Memorial Center uh, right in Yoyogi, so really close to Harajuku. It's, I'm pretty sure the the Olympic Memorial Center is touching Yoyogi Park. So yeah, I remember we went back there uh, last time I was in Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that was that was very trippy just yeah back in that same that was a nostalgia blast (laughs) it really was yeah well it was locked we couldn't go in i know right you asked the guy i think oh (laughs) yeah yeah there's a guard (laughs) yeah and (laughs) i i knew that was gonna be the response but it's nice to try yeah yeah but it's it is funny that you say the most memorable night was that night in the lounge and not mm. all the time. Cause yeah, I mean, our chaperones during the day, we went everywhere. We went to yeah. like Inari shrine. We went to uh, like Asakusa. We went to, yeah. we went everywhere, like all throughout Tokyo. I think we went to Akihabara as well, didn't we? Yeah, maybe. I don't remember. Did we, and then, uh, didn't we do like a like a crash course Japanese class? Like we learned like how to say sumimasen and stuff like that. Yeah, I felt like we did something where we like, what did we do? We got up and did a jikoshokai or something. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, self introduction. Yeah. Because I just remember, 
other people being way better at Japanese than yeah. I was. Yeah. And I, I, just rem- I just remember furiously writing down things that I was thinking, oh, goodness, I, I really should know that word. Yeah. No, I, I, I feel like I would have passed that. Like, just been like, oh, pass, I can't do it. Because I, I really think I came into Japan with, like, zero I'd like I don't to think that you speaking Japanese, but yeah, yeah, I came in with the absolute bare minimum. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I needed a script. You came in with years and years of katakana and hiragana study. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't exactly help you with vocabulary or sentence structure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, I can read this, wow. Mm. <laughs> but the amount of kanji just like <laughs> blows everything out. I <laughs> can't really read anything anyway. Mm. Yeah, all the tourist destinations, all the classroom stuff that we did, I mean, those are kind of faded memories, but the memory of all of us from all the way from Europe, Australia, New Zealand, Canada. I don't think there was any Americans though, thank goodness. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, there wasn't. Yeah. I just, it, it's so weird because it's so right that those things are faded memories, but I can distinctly remember walking down those pathways mm-hmm. and walking side by side each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so crazy. Yeah, all, all the people moments. Yeah. That's, wow. that's, that's what I remember. Amazing. Yeah, that, that night when we were all sitting in the, the dorm lounge just talking being goofballs i'll never i'll never forget that night i love and, that yeah Sorry. and all the times we we would all as a group go to 7-eleven to get wi-fi because there was no wi-fi oh, yeah. at the place that was amazing oh and that was we would we would all be crowded inside outside <laughs> the combini connecting the to wi-fi like, oh my God, these stupid children yeah. get out of here <laughs> oh man just kids we are having the time of our lives i mean never forget that that adults it was amazing yeah unreal and my i think my birthday was the day the day we were all like doing our separate ways yeah yeah i think it was like the day after was my birthday and so the day we were all leaving, we all, everyone, I mean, people like even, people didn't even know me. We only knew each other for three days, but yet people still like wrote me notes and like pasted it on my door. So that when I woke up in the morning, I had like notes on my door and Aww. sweet old Tom like bought me some cake and Aww. man, it was just a, such a beautiful thing. Just three days of yeah. all of us just this tiny community we really just i don't know it's it feels unreal it was too good to be people, true people listening are gonna be like guys yeah, yeah. You know, some friends, like, Shut up. yeah. <laughs> i don't know why it's such a big deal in my head mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and then uh me and you and melanie we all took the shinkansen together because we all got sent to Kansai. Mm-hmm. 
or you were you were in Nagoya. Nagoya isn't in Kansai, is it? Does Kansai mean like the main body of Japan, or is it like? Uh, it's it's the region, kind of like um, Kyoto, Osaka area. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, because Nagoya is halfway between uh, Tokyo and. Kyoto, I think, mm. just like kind of in the middle of those, mm. I believe. So I'm not exactly sure. I'm not very good with geography, but mm-hmm. we were all downwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <I'm thinking. laughs> and you, where did uh, Melanie get sent to? God, I feel bad for not knowing this. Um... I mean, yeah, there's too many people that. Um, to like keep up with everyone but i know yeah no i can't remember now but did you go <clears throat> you went to osaka right i was in shiga prefecture which is um like fairly close to osaka uh, but okay. closer to kyoto okay mm-hmm. the prefecture that has the biggest lake in all of japan wow lake biwako <laughs> fun facts <laughs> so i don't i don't know what nagoya is famous for unfortunately is it famous uh every every single area in japan has something that they're famous for you know that's True. the thing they've all got a mascot they've all got like uh, a gift that you can <laughs> bring home yeah and they've all got something they're famous for uh, mm. i feel bad for not knowing i should be should be scolded for that one. Does Nagoya not have a mascot? No, I'm sure it does. Hmm. <laughs> I just can't remember. I know uh, Nagoya University is pretty big, uh, but that's that's all I know about Nagoya. I've never stopped there. Nice, there, it's a nice in between because Tokyo's super busy. Um, Kyoto's pretty busy just because of tourists, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Nagoya is like a nice in between because who goes to Nagoya? No. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have uh, they don't have souvenirs. They don't have mascots. <laughs> who would go there? Nothing memorable, at least. Yeah. <laughs> I, I loved it. I I loved it because it was that. I think it's like the third largest city in Japan, so it felt mm. very very similar to home because Brisbane's the last the third largest city in Australia, I think. Mm. So. He felt similar in that way. Of course, J- Japan's population density is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still, it's, I never felt claustrophobic or anything there. Mm-hmm. I always felt like I had enough space. Yeah. Um, it was nice. It had a good mixture of lots of rice paddy fields, lots of mountains, but also the city side of things mm-hmm. as well. Mm. Do you remember the first day transitioning from um orientation to your new life as an exchange student yeah um they they sent me to a yotian which is like the japanese um like uh, it was like a little english school Mm -hmm. almost like they yeah it was sort of a little thing where they would teach English to really little kids mm-hmm. and yeah so I remember meeting like the teacher person there and then they're like oh your host family is going to be coming to meet us here 
mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So I just I remember that and walking into my new like my new house mm-hmm. and yeah, it, it, I remember feeling very very tired because there was mm-hmm. lots of traveling. Mm-hmm. The the food that I ate uh, at my first host family's house was very traditional, so mm. I was sort of having to get used to that as well. Yeah. So yeah, I just felt feeling tired and hungry and mm. <laughs> not being able to communicate. the The iPad was out with Google Translate. It was yeah. very, very, you know, hard. I, my my host family tried a lot. Um, they definitely my host dad knew some bits of English mm-hmm. much better than much better than anyone you know if if your mum and dad hosted a Japanese student they wouldn't yeah. know a lick of Japanese <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so uh, he had some words and sentences that really helped things along so I was really grateful but his proficiency wasn't enough for me to just start talking like you and I would yeah yeah it's a bit of an awkward bit of an awkward transition <laughs> I kind of expected that to be honest well yeah yeah think yeah and that's like the the most daunting part of the exchange is diving in i mean there's no there's no shallow water waiting it's just all in just the one of the greatest things that i think exchange teaches you is to not be scared to just talk Mm-hmm. Because I remember we would host, like my school would host Japanese exchange students for like a week. Mm-hmm. So when they would come over to my school in Australia and I was terrified, I could not speak to them in Japanese. I, I just couldn't. The, mm-hmm. the anxiety, I just, there was absolutely no way. Mm-hmm. But when you're in Japan and someone's speaking Japanese at you, you have to at least give it a go. Back. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that was the best thing for my <laughs> Japanese learning, obviously, because mm-hmm. you're actually forced to learn and try out things. And of course, it doesn't always work out. But yeah, yeah, yeah I find that there's there's certain special people who have that unbelievable drive that's almost inhuman, where they will like purposefully seek out like uncomfortable situations, like uncomfortable language situations. Yeah, and they'll be like. I want to fail and even within like an unsaturated language context they will go out of their way to do that those people are freaks I mean yeah like they go to the the sushi place and they start ordering in Japanese yeah to this day I would not go up to a ramen bar and be like like I would never do that yeah yeah Because I'm in Australia and it'd be very odd to just yeah. whip that out. Yeah. And you don't know if they can actually speak that language. Yeah. <laughs> you want to be like, you look Asian, so therefore, like, it was a bit racist. So. And and with that, I diagnose you as a normal person. The other people oh, that, yeah, the other people that do that are complete freaks. So for us normal people, the best, like, way of it's learning Japanese. Necessary. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like, okay buddy sink or swim yeah that's what it is so true Mm -hmm. and uh you had two different host families right i did yes Mm. i had one host family for about 
I think it was about four months. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then I changed host families for the remainder of the exchange. Mm. Did you know when you started your program that you would uh, change host families or did that just happen? No. Um, they said it was kind of handled quite poorly if I'm honest by the mm-hmm. exchange company in Japan because like I just got a text from my supervisor I don't know what you call them the people that mm. were like with the company I don't know supervisor maybe yeah maybe and she she just like messaged me online and was like hey you're moving to your next host family um in, a, in two days or something Whoa. no one had told me anything at this point i yeah. was under the impression i was going to be with these people for the next six months so mm-hmm. <laughs> i was very shocked to say yeah. the least confused and like i had to go downstairs and confront my host mom and be like am i leaving you like mm-hmm. when <laughs> when did this happen uh so because she didn't even say why in the text message so i was very worried what have mm-hmm. i done you know mm-hmm. because at, they just said like I always ask them, oh, are you going to host me for the whole time or are you thinking of changing? And they mm-hmm. said, oh, we're like thinking the whole time, but we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I got told that they were doing renovations on the bathroom and they felt they would have to go to a bathhouse and they were concerned like about me having mm. the bathhouse or something. That's what they said. I don't know if I yeah. believe it. I feel like they yeah. were trying to get rid of me. Mm. <laughs> but, uh, I was very glad that I actually moved host families. It's not that my first host family were bad. They were really, really lovely people. Mm-hmm. Um, I especially loved my host mum and dad. Mm-hmm. They were the best. They would talk to me all the time and they really tried to include me in everything. It was really, really lovely. Um, but the but my host sister and my host brother, my host brother just like didn't care about me, so he just you know went about his day as you know. Mm-hmm. But the host sister, I sh- I shared a room with her, and she was oh, I don't remember how old she was, maybe nine or ten. Wow! Like you know, so she was much younger, younger. Yeah. Yeah, and she would always like say she I, I want to she was a child so I don't want to be mean but she mm-hmm. really didn't like me mm-hmm. she was, they they hosted a previous exchange student from America I think mm-hmm. she was like my last exchange student was so much better she was so much prettier and thinner than you and wow <laughs> and um oh you can't like like my my uh I had a grandma and granddad who was so lived in the same house mm-hmm. and uh bless their soul they really did try to talk to me but their japanese was so hard to understand yeah yeah they just have a different <laughs> way of speaking i think. No, yeah i totally so yeah. i struggled a lot but i eventually at that four month mark i was starting to understand mm-hmm. a bit more of what they were t- what they were saying to me mm-hmm and she would and she would often say like oh she can't even understand what you're saying like very dismissive of like don't talk to her she doesn't even understand what you're saying mm-hmm. um which i would just be a little bit upset about because i'm like well i'm trying yeah 
Um, so it was it was hard because she's like she's a child. You can't you can't expect too much from her, and I didn't feel comfortable saying anything. Well, an asshole's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years old or not, but but no, Japanese kids are ruthless. They yeah, they yeah, do not get yeah. They don't get the same discipline that I think we do in Western co- countries. Um, I mean, mm. my my current girlfriend works with Japanese children, and the stories she comes home with is like, really? Oh. They did that? They said that? Like just unbelievable stuff. So I I don't yeah. doubt that. Yeah, that kid will get bent into shape when she's um, <laughs> getting bullied in high school. But um, yeah, yeah was- that, I, I'm so sorry to hear that. That sounds like ruthless. Oh. Just like it wasn't as bad as what other people have told me. Like some people have absolute horror stories. About yeah, change, no. And I would say mine pales in comparison to that. I was still mm-hmm. quite happy there and i was still learning yeah but i say at a slower pace than Mm -hmm. possibly i could have been because once i moved host families i moved to a host family where the i actually moved to the host family that oh i'm forgetting her name but she was from new zealand and she came along to our um our three-day orientation didn't she get sent back yeah yeah so i actually got her supposed host family ah. and i don't know why but i always feel a little bit guilty about that yeah. because i feel like that's what she should have had mm. because they were just the absolute most amazing host family i could ever have had asked for mm. i feel bad that i sort of got that experience and, and she did mm yeah I, um cassidy what's her cassidy yeah. yeah yeah and she was so good at japanese so i just feel like it was totally robbed from her it just makes me upset but yeah that yeah. that whole situation was really unfortunate yeah but the the um the mom was really really cool dad he knew a lot of english so possibly good i didn't have him at the very beginning because um, mm. he can he speaks like fluent english basically mm-hmm. um and there was two host sisters um minami and asahi and minami was like kind of closer in age to me so mm-hmm. that was really nice to have somebody mm. at a similar cognitive level yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh asahi was a little bit younger so i didn't and she was a little bit quieter but mm-hmm. i still had minami it just my language ability literally shot through the roof mm. as soon as I changed host family because Minami talked to me a lot. Mm. That that was what it was. It was the interaction with peer, peer like talking. Yeah. And it was, I, I really felt like I was in a family. Like they do feel like my second family. Yeah. Especially because I could express myself because beforehand i was a baby i could say i'm hot i'm cold i am hungry (laughs) you know i couldn't i couldn't talk about interesting topics or things that made me feel excited and happy to talk to somebody it was so Mm -hmm. surface level Mm -hmm. like what did you do today but i wanted to talk about politics or something like you know something mm-hmm. interesting i had seen that i couldn't express in japanese so mm-hmm. i could talk to my host dad 
and say, oh, what what would this be in Japanese? Or, you know, mm. it, it was really, really good. Yeah, yeah. I was very happy that I moved to families. Yeah. And I'm sure not only your language ability, but your self-confidence too, just yeah. not being compared to an angelic American student, but instead just being there for yourself and being like, yeah, treated as a part of the family. Yeah, by that point, I had a base level of Japanese as well. So I think it did make the transition period a lot smoother. Like they, I didn't have to use Google Translate as much and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. it definitely made it made people expect to talk to you in Japanese and you to talk back, which I think is really important. Hmm. And I have my own room. Oh, amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that would be how huge... good having your own room is. Yeah, especially sharing with a 10-year-old. Oh, it was a nightmare because I had, it was like a bunk bed situation. Oh. And and yeah, so I had the top bunk. Uh And you know Japanese, like you know the the layout of a Japanese house. It's small, compact. Mm -hmm. The ceilings aren't very tall. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine on a bunk bed, the light switch was literally like this far away from my head. And of course, I'm really tired all the time. I'm using mm-hmm. my brain so much to think mm-hmm. in Japanese, which is you know, really hard when you first start. Yeah. And I just remember um, her walking in at like 11 p.m. at night and just like flicking the light switch on and I was already in bed asleep and being like awoken by it. Oh my. <laughs> just, just the, yeah, that kind of lack of respect in me having to ask her like, can you please turn the light off? Or mm-hmm. she'd be up until like 1 a.m. reading anime <laughs> book, uh, not anime, sorry, uh, manga books. Mm. And like her light, her like small light would be on, but I'm kind of a light sleeper. So yeah. Light, kind of wakes me up wow this like rebel child up till 1 a.m reading manga loved reading her basketball (laughs) she was obsessed yes yeah that that second house situation sounds much much better oh it was really good but you you stayed at the same school the whole time yeah because they i'm not sure yeah, because they base, they first find you a host school, and mm-hmm. then from there they find a um, a a house or mm-hmm. somebody to to have you, mm-hmm. and so you never move schools. So Sorry, if Cassidy had a stage, she would have been with you at, at the same school. No, I think she was. I remember her. I remember her saying she was at a different school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I'm pretty sure it was like closer to that house. I had pretty long commutes from my host families, almost mm. an hour. Oh yeah, I remember you saying that. Yeah. Biking in the rain. That was brutal, man. I <laughs> Japan made me such a strong person. <laughs> Just a rainy season and having to ride your bike mm. all the way to school and. <laughs> and just I just remember getting to school and 
you know, you'd wear like those long socks and it would be absolutely soaked. But yeah. you know, you would wear a jacket thing and have an umbrella and everything, but that didn't. Yeah. yeah. Stop gonna stop it, yeah. Your socks. And I would just like be wringing out my socks oh, my and then have goodness. to bring in like another pair of socks to put on once you were there. And yeah. I just remember thinking, Oh my God, if I was in Australia, they would have driven me to school. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's rough. <laughs> but doesn't kill you makes you stronger you know true true did you were you there for winter yeah that would have been brutal yeah i had to wear a mask when i was riding my bike especially because the wind and the cold air Mm. hitting you and i actually got told off by my host mom because i was using the heater too much i can't like i can't actually get out of bed without the heater on it's so hard Mm. i always have to bargain with myself i'd be like okay taylor once you wake up you're gonna put your clothes on under the covers and then you'll be able to go down and eat food and i would be like yeah i'm super hungry that sounds good so i would (laughs) put my clothes on under my covers and like run downstairs (laughs) I just continue laughing with myself. Like, once you get to school, you can buy yourself a little drink. Ooh, that sounds fun. <laughs> uh, just like little incentive points just to like get through the day. Yeah. That, oh, it's, man. It's weird. But if you're ever struggling like that, it actually helps so much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, man. It's just like, yeah. You, you poor thing, just struggling <laughs> the, the, in the cold. Like, was your, did you have to wear a skirt for school? Yeah, it was pretty long. I mean, I wore it correctly, but a lot of the other girls, like, rolled. rolled oh, yeah, rolled. yeah. So many rolls. It was insane. I just they stuck at, like, the skirts during winter thing. <laughs> it's so oh, common. Yeah. It, it's so common here in Japan. Yeah. Like... I... I really liked my uniform because it had the little bow mm-hmm. here. And I just, I was obsessed with that. I thought it was the cutest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the really, really long skirt, I always felt envious walking around when I was like, going to and from school and seeing the other girls at other schools wearing like, cute, like shorter skirts and stuff like that. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I wish I looked like that. <laughs> But I'm sure it helped me in the winter time having a longer skirt for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What was uh, your school experience like? Did you did you make a lot of friends at school, or, or did you feel closer to your host sisters? Yeah, so I'm not sure if it was like this when you first started school, but uh, you were like a celebrity when you first yeah. came in everybody wanted to know your name touch your hair like you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) they wanted everything to do with you and obviously once you're there for 10 months a lot of that dies down so Mm -hmm. uh i found it really difficult at lunchtime because i would have people that were nice enough to let me sit with them but i always just felt like an object that was just passively sitting there Mm -hmm. i never felt like I had anything to say or add to the conversation because it was mm-hmm. really hard for me to keep up. And so I actually had uh, a couple of other exchange students who were there at the same time. Um, and they were like a life 
Mm. An absolute lifesaver for me because I could go down and see them during lunchtime. We could eat lunch together and we could talk in English with each other. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Like one of them was from uh, the Netherlands and the other one was from Italy. Although Mm. I think their English was better than mine. (laughs) (laughs) Like (laughs) Leonie, the girl from the Netherlands, honestly spoke faster than me. I was like, oh, what did you say? (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy. Uh, But that was really, really good for me because especially at the start of exchange, I was having a, a... you know, some tough time with my host family. And you know, I think you experience a lot of emotions to start off with mm-hmm. and you're thrown so much Japanese at the time. Mm-hmm. But hearing some English is like an absolute godsend. It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really, really nice, but they ended up leaving. Mm-hmm. They left about five months. So like, I was there for about five months and then they, their 10 months had finished and they went mm-hmm. um, back to their own countries. But mm-hmm. so that was very sad, but also good because then I got pushed back into the Japanese circle. Yeah, yeah. And by that time I had a bit more Japanese and I could mm-hmm. try and communicate with other people. Yeah. Uh, but I would say my high school experience is mostly like what I can remember is waking up super early long commute getting to school and i would just study my own japanese work a lot of the time Mm -hmm. or i would you know i would engage in the english classes because they would get me to help out or yeah yeah (laughs) get me to do stuff which was really fun i think it was much needed Mm um and there was actually two girls in my class who had previously lived in one of them lived in America. One of them lived in Canada for a couple of years. Okay. Their English was quite good. So mm. I could talk to them and ask them things. And you mm-hmm. know, if I was trying to understand the class after class, I might go, Oh, what was this? What was that? And that was really nice. But really I didn't mm-hmm. engage much in the curriculum per se. Yeah. Uh, I would sleep a lot in class because I was so <laughs> tired all the time. Yeah. I, I just remember in in world history or something, the it was like a really old professor guy and he <laughs> and he was just like, Gaijin, okite. Like, yeah, yeah. Wake up. Even <laughs> wake up. Not even your didn't name. Didn't even know my name. I had been there for at least eight months at that point. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and he didn't know my name. I was like, come on. <laughs> but I was like, why am I waking up? Because I'm not engaging. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, and reading. I read a lot of books. They didn't they didn't mind if I read in class because I mm-hmm. think they understood that, you know, Japanese class, like their Japanese class was not going anywhere. Like <laughs> this yeah. wasn't gonna work for me. <laughs> so I read like I read the whole Harry Potter series. While I, there. <laughs> um, I was obsessed with reading. I kept getting my mom to send me books. I, I just remember like getting this massive Amazon package and it was filled with books. And I was like, yes. <laughs> I was so happy because I had so much mm. free time. That's what it was. Massive amounts of free time. Mm. And then getting back home at about seven o'clock because sometimes I would have... Um, is it called katsuko? I don't know what, uh, like the hobby. 
Uh, the club club activities. Yeah, I don't know if I said that right, but yeah, mm. the I sometimes would have like a club activity that I would go to. Mm. Yeah. Did you did you jump around to uh, different clubs or were you in one? I was just in one. I didn't really have any skills or abilities at that time, so mm-hmm. I was like, "Well, what can I do that has no prerequisites or any kind of, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like I wasn't going to join a sports team. I mean, they wouldn't let me probably anyway. Um, so <laughs> I just joined. Um, it's like an arts and craft group, which was really fun because mm-hmm. I really like doing, you know, arty creative. And- Did you guys do like scrapbooking and stuff like that, or? uh no it was like you know the kind of things that you can buy uh like for instance like you have a phone case and you can get those like cream thingies do you know what i'm talking about you can like make the phone case out outer lining bit huh yeah i don't know if i'm, I'm explaining <laughs> well but you like you it it's almost like when you uh, pipe a cake ah. it was like you know piping and pretty stuff like that but it, it you don't need it it like hardens <laughs> yeah, so, so it's kind of like crafty things i'm sure somebody knows one <laughs> that's so cute i've never heard of a club like that <laughs> arts and yeah, crafts really club nice. in, in yeah, japan it was good i'm glad uh-huh. they had that because honestly i i was at a loss for what mm-hmm. else to do did you have to go to school on saturdays yes oh man so I six days a worst. week I had double maths. Yeah. Double maths. On Saturday. Let me tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you. I am possibly the worst person you've ever met to do math. Like, <laughs> I can't make sense of anything. And I was in, they put me in the first year high school. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they were doing first year high school mm-hmm. maths. And that, was so advanced i had not even learned anything mm. like that in high school mm-hmm. <laughs> so i was not to mention yeah. it was all in your second language yeah um but but i got i got really shown up because there was this girl who came for a two month or she was she had just come in as i was about to leave mm-hmm and she was in the same class as me and she was from Australia, but I think she was from Melbourne or something. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so Melbourne. She just showed up. She was just shown up and we it was a uh, test week. And so yeah. I I wouldn't take the tests. Of course. Yeah. And she was like, she's like, Oh, I, I want to take the math test. Mm-hmm. Like, Why would you want to take the math test? Like you're not gonna know anything <laughs> from the and I kid you not, she got a hundred percent. What? The, okay. And so the math teacher's going and handing the results out. Uh-huh. And he looks at mine where I've written, I've written Namaya Peter. And he, and he did Madu like, like correct. I like a pity mark. <laughs> Yeah. And then so I just watch him look at me just in absolute disappointment. I think I'd attempted one question and gotten that wrong. Mm-hmm. And then he places down hers and it's like, wow, good job. Looks back at me, looks at her, looks back at me, looks at her. And I just knew at that point he was like, this is a dumb bitch. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think she was just really smart. Yeah, yeah. That's what I tell myself because <laughs> I felt really inconsistent, like mm. insignificant. Because even like one of the other guys in the class was like, "How?" I thought it was because you didn't like you couldn't read Japanese, but maybe <laughs> it's not that. <laughs> it's because i'm really bad at math that's mm. like a totally shown up there oh man i can't imagine doing i i'm also really bad at math i'm so glad that i didn't have any any math classes in japanese uh, i would have yeah, honestly yeah. cruel saturdays math double math on saturday Whew. Like at least my Saturdays, I had culture club, so we would like do like culture things, which is yeah. Really I remember fun. you telling me about that. Yeah, I was super jealous. <laughs> so you you spend ten months in this high school. Um, I mean, do you remember your farewell? Was it pretty heartbreaking to leave your class behind? Yeah, no, I remember like standing up at my desk and saying thank you to everyone. Yeah, it was really hard to leave. I haven't really thought about it hmm. um, since you just brought it up. Yeah, it feels kind of sad. It was, it was, of course, bittersweet because at that point, I think I was really excited about going home and mm-hmm. seeing my family. Because going on exchange made me realize how important my family was to me. Hmm. Uh, but one of the good things was the class I was in was an international class. So they were specific, specifically learning English mm-hmm. in like a more intense way than you would a normal school. Mm-hmm. Hence why I was there. You know, that was a bit of a probably really helped with school admissions to be to say well there's going to be an exchange student in the class all Mm -hmm. the time and one of their trips in the second year of high school was going to australia in toowoomba which was like their 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 special school Mm -hmm. like not special school uh, sister school sorry And so right after I finished, I only had, I only had to wait about three months. And then my whole class actually went to Toowoomba, Australia, which was really cool. So I drove, it was just a few hours away from, from Brisbane, Mm -hmm. maybe like two to three hours I drove Mm -hmm. uh, to go and see them. So that was really cool. That's so cool. The whole class, not just like one student, but everybody was there. Yeah, it was it was Aww. a really really good experience, and I got to see the teacher again. And wow! Yeah, it was very very cool. So at that point, once they left, it was very final. You know, okay, that's actually I'm not going to be seeing these people again, really, mm-hmm. other than the friendships that I had made. And I'd only made a few mm-hmm. friendships that I like. I when I go back to Japan, I only really see. Uh, two, three, like friends from school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. And uh, do do you recall your last day in Japan? Uh, um, I don't recall it that well. I just remember sort of saying goodbye to the house and you know, having that last look to say goodbye to 
your host family. Mm-hmm. I know my I know my host mum cried and I shed a tear a little bit. And I remember hopping on the plane and just being like, Wow, I'm this is actually happening right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am leaving Japan. Mm-hmm. Pretty crazy. So after, I mean, all these years looking back on your 10 months, um, if you, if you could, um, change like one thing that you did while you were there, what would you have done different? Wow. Hmm. It's a tough question. I feel like people in hindsight always say I should have studied more or should have done more things. I feel like I did as much as I possibly could. Hmm. The one thing I always felt was something holding me back a little bit was the fact that um, school was, I felt like at school I didn't have the ability to learn Japanese. I had really, I really wished that they would have, had a class for me, like taken out a class mm-hmm. with, cause there was a couple of exchange students. I thought maybe we could be together and a, a teacher or someone could set us work to do or could give us a bit of something a little bit structured for me to go on. Mm-hmm. I was sort of just left to study what study this study everything. Like, I, yeah. did, I didn't have a good structure mm. or what textbook to use or this or that mm. so i sort of felt like i definitely could have used the time i had in japan more wisely because i was sort of stuck at school for the majority of the time and a lot of that time of course was good language learning time because i was forced into situations but mm-hmm. a lot of the time was me sitting there sleeping or reading you know, I just, I don't know if I still have the books, but I distinctly remember like doodling and writing things in my book and I would have like little bars of progress, you know, mm-hmm. if I did you know, a couple hours of study, I would fill those in and then I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, we've got four more hours left and color in each because it was very boring. It just mm-hmm. was very boring. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I resented the fact that I had done this specific, specific exchange because I thought maybe I should have done university because then I wouldn't be stuck in class all day, mm-hmm. have more time to go and do other things. But in understanding what it's like, I feel like I probably did choose the right thing because it, yeah, it meant you had a host family. It meant that you were forced into Japanese content. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Apart from that, I'm not sure what else I would do differently because I think everything I did was important to how it all, how I felt about it. And did yeah, everything. totally. Do you have uh, anything? Um, yeah, I definitely, I mean, yeah, I kind of agree in the same sense that everything happened for a reason. And um, I learned more from my stakes than maybe I would have yeah. learned from actually doing good. Mm. If that makes sense. Um, yeah. But I, I really wish I had, I mean, I was only there for three months. 
Um, it would have been interesting how I would have developed if I was there for 10 months. Yeah. I think the thing I regret the most is my, my fear of people. I was just so afraid of being embarrassed. And mm. I think every day I felt embarrassed because I mean, yeah, I was, I was a baby in uh, a foreign world. Um, I got lost on the trains. I didn't know how to speak to people. I didn't know how um, gym class worked. I didn't know how to like order food at the cafeteria. Um, I mean, it's just nobody is there to catch you. And everybody's yeah. there to judge you. And yeah. of, of course, yeah, at first, you're like you said, you're like this novelty item, like, yet you're a celebrity, you're that, you're that foreign kid, and you're the new person in town, and everyone's interested in you, but then eventually that wears off, and then nobody's there for you. And um, it can be quite lonely. Yeah. And so I think a lot of my time was spent uh, of me being in shame and trying to like to escape the embarrassment. Um, like when I would get home, I would just kind of be to myself. I wouldn't really interact with my host family like a whole lot because I think I was just trying to like escape the, the pain of school. And then in school, it was like, I would sit alone some days just so I wouldn't embarrass myself trying to have conversations with people. And like, I remember having like one really tough day in gym class and so the next day I just like hid in the library because I was just too scared of being embarrassed in front of everybody again and it was like so I love <laughs> I, 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 re I really wish I had been more confident um knowing that like oh I'm going to fail a lot and um I think I hadn't really been used to failing before because in, yeah. in my own Canadian context, I had always thrived. I was always that kid who kind of just breezed through school and had a lot of fun. And then all of a yeah. sudden I was met with this ginormous challenge in front of me and I don't think I knew how to deal with it. So I wish that I could have handled it better, but ultimately it, because I think, I think I missed out on a lot of good experience. Like, I think I really missed out on making good social connections with my classmates uh, and my, my teachers and just the experience of being in a Japanese high school. Like, how cool is that? How many people can say they've, like, done something like yeah. that? And I think I just – it feels like I've wasted a little bit of that. But. Mm. I think you're right though about the embarrassment because I, I, I've always wondered like why did I grow and change so much from exchange because I felt like I had become very much more independent much more confident within myself after the exchange process and you're right mm -hmm. I think it was constantly being put up in new situations where you didn't know what to do mm -hmm. and then having to figure it out mm -hmm. you know I had never I'd, you know I didn't have mommy and daddy to call 
I had no one to hold my hand. Mm -hmm. A lot of the time, even just remembering the route I had to take to get to school on my Mm -hmm. bike, Mm -hmm. that was really hard (laughs) because I didn't have internet on my phone. I couldn't Google map it. I had to Mm -hmm. remember, you know, sometimes I had to stop and ask a lady on the street and go, hey, how do I get to this this place? And then try and follow her directions. There was Mm -hmm. a lot of that. But that's the important stuff. And it makes me a little bit sad that you didn't get to experience that family time and your host family work. Because one of my, some of my fondest memories were after school coming down, sitting and watching TV together and, you know, laughing and talking all, all through that. Because I remember, I don't know if it was on orientation or someone had told me it's really important to not go to your room. And just to, mm. just to be present and sit in the lounge room. Even if you feel like you want to go to your room, just don't. Just sit mm-hmm. down in the lounge room. And I really forced myself to do that most of the time. Sometimes, of course, I went to my room. Mm-hmm. But I'm really, really glad that I did force myself to sit in that living room because that's where most of the good family bonding experiences and a lot mm-hmm. of language learning experiences happened. No, I definitely, I definitely, um, I did that as well. I mean, I, I, I do wish somebody had told me something similar to you because, I mean, mm-hmm. um, but I, I did have, like, I mean, my best memories of my my time was with my host family. I mean, yeah. to, to this day, um, me and my host brother are so close. So he lives in Tokyo. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and, I mean, they, they, are, they are family to me. I, I do consider them family. And so my time with them was the best. But I just remember having times – where yeah just being in my room by myself was just like me just trying to escape like i don't want to be like just playing watching videos on youtube uh, uh, watching videos in english on youtube playing games in english just so i could kind of just escape the reality i was in yeah and yeah definitely crave that experience Mm -hmm. yeah I wish I had like instead of like doing that, I had like joined a club or something. Like I didn't join a club. Mm. I just. I feel like it's hard. It, you being only there for three months, I think you're a little bit hard on yourself about forming social connections with people at school because I feel like, yeah, I went out and I did stuff with some friends early on, but that was because they initiated it, mm-hmm. and uh, where I felt like. I was initiating and becoming more friends with people was definitely four or five months in, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, I think the three months is difficult. It's a difficult time frame because it sounds yeah. so long, but in reality, it just flies by. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Mm-hmm. So can you recommend uh, for those maybe young listeners out there, do you recommend doing a 10 month exchange in Japan? Definitely. I always tell people that it was the hardest thing I ever did, but it was the best thing I ever did because there's no, no joke about it. I had, I had, but had never had to deal with situations like I had to deal with. (laughs) If you took a day off school, they would lose their mind. It was the worst thing you could ever do. So I think my attendance during that year was like higher than any year in Australia at all. Mm -hmm. So it was tough day in, day out. 
it, it wears you down and and the language learning aspect and everything on top of that is really hard but would I change it absolutely not <laughs> if I hadn't done that I wonder what I would be like today because mm-hmm. I really did I do think it changed me for the better and also of course I learned Japanese to um, like conversational level obviously I don't I think when I <laughs> When I first thought of going to Japan, I thought, I'll be fluent in 10 months. Mm. Mm, no. Mm. <laughs> uh, but you definitely learn enough to make friends, talk with others. And that meant a lot to me, personally. Mm-hmm. So mm. I'm really happy that I've got that open my world view quite mm. a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I would definitely recommend, but I would recommend making sure you do a lot of research on the company beforehand. Hmm. Make sure they're not going to send you off to a random country because bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, doing all those steps beforehand, I think, is really important. Hmm. Hmm. Good advice. Hmm. Well, Taylor, happy happy Australia Day. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. You'd ask me to talk and that you think I might be a little bit interesting. <laughs> no, I think I think this is almost therapeutic. Mm. <laughs> For me at least. Okay. Just talking all all through this out. So Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. No problem. Thank you for having me. Well guys, like I said, this episode felt fairly therapeutic for me just talking out my first time in japan and hearing other stories so i think i really need to do another solo episode at one point and just hash out my my entire experience as an exchange student in high school i mean a lot happened Uh, i changed a lot as a person so hope you guys enjoy your day thank you so much for listening see you later Hey listener, are you a gaijin who feels like they need to get something off their chest about living in Japan? Well, there's a place for you here on the podcast. If you have a story you would like to share, you can email me at doyobientertainment at gmail.com. That is D-O-Y-O-B-I entertainment at gmail.com. Let's talk about it.